This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. And all you got to do this weekend is go to your second or third jobs to cover those Christmas gifts you can't afford. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs> the number is 800-922-6680. 800-922-6680. By the way, uh, my TV show is called Rob Carson's What in the World. It is on Newsmax, and it's on the weekends, uh, Saturday night, Sunday night, again on Monday morning, bright and early. And this weekend show is kaboom. I mean, this rapid-fire comedy, commentary, and if you need to laugh, uh, I think you'll like the show. Uh, I talked to a couple guys at the gym the other day, uh, a Marine and, a, uh, and an Army dude, uh, Josh and Tristan, there they are, and uh, they said, oh, well, well, we all watch Newsmax all the time. And I said, well, you ever watch my show? Well, when is it on? I said, uh, Sunday nights, uh, Saturday nights, Sunday nights. They're like, okay, we'll check it out. So uh, make sure to check it out this weekend. Go to NewsmaxTV.com uh, for listings or become a Newsmax Plus member. Newsmax Plus is the streaming uh, content now that you can get from Newsmax because that's what a lot of publishers are doing, okay? And uh, for like five bucks a month, which is a, a drop in the bucket, as it were. You get all of the commentary, all of the great anchors, all of the great news, all of the great commentators like Alan Dershowitz, among others, and, of course, my show. Uh, but anyway, go to uh, NewsmaxPlusPLUS.com, NewsmaxPLUS.com, if you would like to uh, know more about that. I had touched on this uh, last uh, hour. <clears throat> this is the uh, insult to injury that the federal government does to you and me. They make a mess and then rub your nose in it. They made a mess of the southern border, and you are on fire about it. I mean, you, <laughs> people are angry, upset, very frustrated. I would say scared, but not scared. But we know what the government is setting us up for. They're setting us up for something. It is very negative in fashion. And we're done with it. We're sick of it. We're tired of the excuses. We're tired of the crap. We're tired of sitting here watching our southern border wide open screaming, do something about it, while Washington, D.C. dithers as Rome burns. It is ridiculous. So migrants, this is according to Breitbart, uh, migrants recently released by the Border Patrol waited patiently to board flights, leaving the region on Tucson International Airport uh, earlier this week. The migrants were shoveled through a special security screening line set up by the TSA, especially for illegals, many without identification whatsoever. Now, meantime, you have to go through a, a strip search to go through TSA, to go through. You have to go in, undress, to down, down the point where you, you can't have chapstick in your pocket. That's how stupid they are. And then you've got to go through a machine where you hold your hands up in the air so they can look at you through your clothes. And, and nobody, I, I'm, every time that happens, I'm like, it's humiliating for me. It's ridiculous that we have to go through this crap. 
and then you get patted down and felt down on the other side. I had a TSA run-in in Baltimore that I posted on Instagram. And this SOB of the TSA, I, I was confused. I didn't know which. I hadn't been in the Baltimore airport forever. So I'm just, I'm confused. I'm at, I guess maybe I'm in the wrong terminal. And I approached this TSA agent thinking I would get some help. And I said, excuse me, sir. I'm just wondering where I need to be. So he said, let me see your ticket. And he looked at my ticket. He goes, he goes, you don't fly much, or you just, or something effective. You don't fly much, or you're too dumb to know where you are. That's what he did. And, and I'm like, excuse me? And I said, uh, I'm just needed. He goes, don't talk. He says, if you want to get where you're going to be, you don't talk. That's what he told me. And then he proceeded down this moving ramp to, uh, to this other end of this, uh, whatever, the end of the ramp, and lectured me. He lectured me about why I should know where I'm going, all of this, and would not allow, allow me to talk, using his uniform to shut me up. And then, so finally, I was in the wrong end of the airport. I had to go to the other end of the airport. And then I, I had to check back in again. And then when I came back, as I'm passing by him, that SOB decides to dog me even more. You get it figured out. And, and I... It took everything I could to not say anything. And the reason why I didn't is because he was wearing a uniform. It was, it was unbelievable how this jackass treated me because he had a uniform on. All he had to do was say, no, man, you know, it's no big deal. You just got to go back there. But for some reason, this pompous, arrogant government ass did that to me. But in the meantime, in Tucson, hey, you just go right through. As uh, Breitbart, Texas watched, several regular travers, travelers were politely told to exit the special migrant security line because they were not non-citizens. The migrants, traveling on Friday last week, carried manila envelopes that contained a notice to appear and documents showing the migrants were released from federal custody on their own recognizance. The migrants were brought to the airport by non-governmental migrant shelter volunteers who escorted small groups of migrants through the terminal prior to takeoff time. Adult passengers 18 years in age or older must show a valid identification at the airport checkpoint to travel. Acceptable identification listed by the TSA includes state driver's license, U.S. passports, DHS trusted travel cards, U.S. Department of Defense ID, legal permanent resident cards, and foreign passports, among other, other similar government-issued photo-bearing identity cards. But... A caveat at the bottom of the list says, in coordination with the DHS counterparts, TSA has identified acceptable alternative identifications for use in special circumstances at the checkpoint, meaning that illegals could go right on through. If I fly back through Baltimore, I'm going to find that individual. I'm going to get his name. I should have videotaped it. I didn't want to cause any trouble. Knowing the FBI, knowing the TSA, knowing these jackasses, a lot of them who work for them, I didn't want to cause a stir, so I just absorbed it. And uh, if you want to see the video, after, right after I encountered this jackweed in Baltimore, bald guy, probably about 60 years old, uh, working in Terminal, I think it's 4, uh, then you can, you can see it on my Instagram. And I, I think I even put it on, on Twitter. But I, I haven't brought it up because I've been through a lot of crap. Mother-in-law died, all of that. I just wanted to let it go. And that day, and literally that day, I... I <laughs> I'm at the Baltimore airport. I encounter, well, before I encountered that jackass, my wife calls me as I'm waiting for my flight and says, 
Rob, do you want to talk to mom? And that's when I knew I'm not going to make it home in time. She's going to die. So I talk to her. I sit here in the rocking chair, and I break down. And I get up, and I encounter that jackass. And he and I and when I re-encountered him, going back, and he and he attacked me again. I I said, you know what, man? I've had a really bad day today. My mother-in-law is dying, and he still was an ass about it. Sorry, I've been sitting on that for a while. Just kind of uh, just kind of irritating. All right. Oh, oh, did you see uh, Jill Biden's the <laughs> the uh, what they're calling it is the Hunger Games Christmas display at the White House. Have you seen it? It is uh, it is something else. <clears throat> Wait till you hear who the dance troupe is. You want to talk about adding insult to injury to the American people? So they have this group. It's called the Dorance Dance Tap Dancing Troupe from New York City. And they literally look like the Hunger Games. It's, it's kind of frightening. Here they are tapping. There you go. I mean, honestly, it, it was it was it's bizarre. I almost cut the first lady a break on this because remember when Melania Trump did the beautiful Christmas displays and they called them dystopian and the whatever and they shredded her or when she tried to reseed and redo the rose garden after decades of of uh, you know uh, uh, neglect and they shredded her for that uh, and all of that and and then I saw that this Dorance Tap Group in New York City. Uh, turns out that uh, their their uh, their page, um, the group encouraged their website users to join their local Black Lives Matter chapter and to support causes such as defunding the police and prison abolition. They had to politicize Christmas, didn't they? Unbelievable. Other suggested causes range from more protection for black trans women <laughs> and stop the illegal export of riot equipment to the United States from the UK. What the what is that? I have no even no clue what that is. Uh, the dancing troupe commissioned by First Lady Jill Biden, who is uh, I call her the first ditz. Yeah, I call her a ditz. You know why? Because she's a ditz. Uh, anyway, again, they are uh, Black Lives Matter supporting activists. Um, the group openly support BLM, the Take Action for Justice and Change section of Dorant's uh, dance encourages readers to sign petitions in support of defunding the Minneapolis Police Department, defund and redistribute the NYPD and get them out of public schools. But one of them was dressed like a nutcracker. Other suggested causes range from more protection for black trans women and stop the illegal export of riot equipment. I already mentioned that. Additionally, the organization pushes website users toward the organization Critical Resistance, which seeks to build an international movement to end the prison industrial complex (laughs) by challenging the belief that caging and controlling people makes us feel safe. Well, we do like to cage and control people who rape and murder and steal. There's that. So, yeah. Oh, oh, and then that one link on the dance company's website is to a pro-Palestinian site, which uses the phrase, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. 
This is your uh, yeah. This is your uh, this is your first lady here. This is this is fantastic. Uh, the dance website also pushes visitors to join their local Black Lives Matter. Now I didn't know if you knew about this, but uh, only about thirty three percent of Black Lives Matter's accumulated donations of ninety million dollars made it even close to charitable causes. The rest of it went to uh, mansions and stuff like that for Patrice Cullors and other corrupt Black Lives Matter members. So uh, that's <laughs> that's the uh, amazing thing. That uh, is happening at the uh, White House. So on top of everything else, on top of everything else, the dance troupe that they hired to do the dystopian uh, Hunger Games version of the White House decoration are radical activists in support of uh, Palestine, uh, an organization uh, that espouses the elimination of the Jews and also wants to defund the police. So there you go. And how well is that uh, defunding the police working out for the uh, city of Chicago and the city of New York and the city of Portland and the city of Seattle? Um, in Chicago, and I mentioned this, uh, the people of Chicago are angry. The people of color of Chicago, black people in Chicago are ticked off. That's what I'm, I'm just trying to say. Because they've been neglected. Their schools are terrible. Uh, kids are are uh, graduating not able to read. Uh, crime is through the ceiling up there. Uh, literally, children are being raised. And, you know, they were being raised without hope for 40 years in places like Chicago, black kids. Same way with uh, with Baltimore, same way with St. Louis. And and then this this administration and, and Brandon Johnson, the, the new uh, mayor of Chicago, they've doubled down on it. Now, they literally, the city council rejected a uh, giving the the people of Chicago a chance to ballot to to uh, ch- check a ballot to vote on whether they want to be a sanctuary city. The city council said no to that. So they're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep displacing people of color. They're going to keep bringing in illegals that are taking jobs. And then on top of all of this, Brandon Johnson is really going to screw with the successful schools. In Chicago, I've got details on that coming up. The number is 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show. The war on Christmas rages on, and here's our John Rambo. It's the Rob Carson Show. I prefer to be called the John McClain. McClain. McLean. I'm working on my uh, Alan Rickman uh, impression. I can't seem to get it right, though. It's, uh, it's, uh, now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. It's not, it's not too easy to do, Alan Rickman, because, I mean, he's the greatest uh, movie villain in, in the history of mankind. Um, the Chargers have fired coach Brandon Staley and the GM Tom Telesco after the loss to the Raiders last night. I want to thank my son for the show prep there. <laughs> my son is uh, is really into uh, fantasy football this year. And uh, uh, oddly enough, I have a fantasy football team, too. Uh, my quarterback is Charlize Theron. It's different than the regular fantasy football. That's all I'll tell you. And I, I'm not going to tell you any more about my fantasy football team. But Charlize is in there. I definitely would put her in. Um, let's see. <laughs> Chicago lawmakers are slammed for blocking efforts to put sanctuary city status on the ballot. After the windy city has been inundated by tens of thousands of illegals, Brandon Johnson wants that sweet, sweet federal cash. That's what it is. 
That's what it is. And by the way, the city is expected to spend $300 million this year on coping with 24,000 migrants who have uh, arrived in the city after crossing the Mexican border. They spent a million dollars on a tent camp in Brighton Park before tests realized the soil there was too poisonous to live on. So what they're going to do is they're going to put some Section 8 housing on it for American citizens. I'm kidding. It wouldn't surprise me. Here is the story from Chicago about the tone-deaf ears of Chicago City Council as the people are screaming to uh, end this. Well, Anthony and Natalie, it's like the end to the saga. Many Chicago residents feel like they should have a say on if the city should continue to be designated a sanctuary city or not. The question appearing on the ballot fell flat, and it's likely to stay that way. There were a lot of opinions from the gallery during the city council meeting. Repealing the ordinance will do nothing to stop the buses from coming to from coming or end the end the need that the migrants present. So this is how No, no, no. It, 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 what it does is it prevents the taxpayers from paying for it. Went down in a 31-16 vote. Majority of city council opted not to allow voters to say yes or no on if Chicago What is it about the Democrats and uh, and voting? They, they just hate that voting thing because uh, their policy sucks so badly. Chicago should continue its designation as a sanctuary city. Two more votes in favor were needed to suspend the rules and move forward to this question that was drafted. Should the city of Chicago limit its designation as a sanctuary city by placing spending limits on its public funding. The issue is now dead and likely won't appear on the ballot in March. It's now in the hands of the Rules Committee. They meet again oh, the rules committee. In, in the new year. One of the resolution sponsors, Alderman Anthony Beal, sounded off before the meeting was adjourned. What are you scared of to let the people have a voice? I don't know, the same thing the Democrats are, uh, are doing with uh, Donald Trump, trying to keep him off the ballot and uh, throw him in jail. What are you scared of? The truth? Getting beaten. Are we scared of the truth here? Yeah. Are, are we afraid that the people are going to tell us that we are spending money frivolously in this body? Yeah, well, same thing goes with the uh, Congress nationally as well. Chicago's uh, mayor has announced uh, plans to axe, uh, that's axe, A-X-E, not like ax you a question, uh, the Windy City's high-achieving select enrollment schools to boost equity. So they're going to destroy the lives of kids who are just trying to get the hell out of there. His proposed shifting back toward neighborhood schools away from the system where kids compete for selective programs, meaning that they're excellent, that they become excellent. He was uh, campaigning to become mayor. Johnson put out a statement saying that he would not get rid of Chicago's selective enrollment schools. Now he's backpedaling by allowing a vote to stop gifted children from lower-income backgrounds from academically competing to get into high-performing schools. There are no words. I mean, honestly, there are no words for this. And I am, I'm just crestfallen for these kids. Chicago has 11 selective enrollment high schools, including Northside Prep, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. College Preparatory High School, I could, Walter Payton College Prep. I mean, all of these. And, and it used to be that you would you'd, you'd try to succeed and you'd get, ex, get great and you'd have good grades and you'd excel at everything and you'd get into one of those schools, but now anybody can. It is just unbelievable. Chicago Public Schools CEO Pedro Martinez has prepared a resolution for a transition away from privatization and admissions enrollment policies and approaches that further stratification and inequity in CPS and drive student enrollment away from neighborhood schools that suck. 
It would lay out a five-year transformation effectively to get rid of selective schools in Chicago, which have been heralded as the gems of the city's education system. But this is what Democrats have been doing since slavery and post-slavery. Keep people of color down. Keep them uneducated. Keep them poor. Keep them pliable. Give them some crumbs. Get their votes. And then when the election is over, leave some money on the dresser and get up and leave. I swear to God. Unbelievable. Coming up, the man, the legend, John Schneider. Talk about a new Christmas movies he's doing, and he's also running moonshine. Not just jumping uh, over washed-out bridges in the, uh, in the General Lee. That's on the other side of this. And this, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. On the Newsmax Hotline, friend of the radio show, and I consider him a friend as well, the one, the only, John Schneider. Hello, my friend. How you doing today? Good, bro. John- How are you? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I, I haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, I... Uh, I uh, want to kind of catch up with you. I know you got a lot of stuff on the uh, on the table this year. My uh, gosh, do I, <laughs> brother? I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, and you're looking good too, by the way. You're looking pretty darn good. Uh, you know, I, I, I just want to know how you do it because I'm about, I think I'm about six years behind you, and, and I want to look as good, as good as you do now. <laughs> well, I run, you know, I run every day, but I also uh, I'm a firm believer in expecting great things. You know, and it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a very rough year for no. me, but no. you know when you uh, when you are faced with adversity, you have a choice. You can uh, you can either bury your head in the sand and try to pretend it's not happening, or you can hit it head on and get something done. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're exactly so right. My, in... uh, my bride was all about go do. You know, Alicia was all about go do, go do. So this year, uh, I, I my goal is to make her proud, and I finished her book. It's available yeah. at johnschneiderstudios.com. It's called In the Driver's Seat. Uh, did a new album. It's a tribute to her and a tool for anyone who has ever lost um, lost anyone, or really, more specifically, if you've lost your soulmate. Yeah. And I do believe in soulmates. If you've lost your soulmate, then this album will help you heal. Uh and then I did a movie with Sean Hannity. I just heard Sean there did a movie yes. called Jingle Smells. <laughs> yes, but look, look who you got in this. You got one of my ma- the, the Jim Brewer. You got Jim Brewer yeah. involved. Eric Roberts, who by the way, I freaking love Eric Roberts. Uh, Victoria oh, yeah, Jackson in there. This, this is fantastic. I haven't had a chance to see this yet. Where can we find this? I want to check this out because I, I need some Christmas spirit here. You need some Christmas spirit. You can stream it right now, jinglesmells.movie. You can stream it there, or you can get a hold of the DVD at johnschneiderstudios.com. Uh, but, Rob, that's not it. But wait, there's more. Oh, yes. More. <laughs> After being on TV probation, you know, for since 1979, yes. John Schneider finally has, ready, finally has a moonshine. Yes. That is just taken off like gangbusters this is now, insane dude this is yeah, this is crazy because you know i uh I, you know i i stopped drinking a couple of years ago uh you know it's like I, I know that movie, the movie the movie from the, the movie timing. 
Wasn't it? Yeah, the movie Airplane wasn't, and I picked a, I picked a bad day to quit drinking because uh, you're making moonshine. I picked the wrong day to, to to stop sniffing blue. Well, I am. Well, I, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am very familiar with distillates, by the way. Uh, and listen, if you can handle it, go for it, man. I have no problem with drinking. Um, but but is right. this a is this a corn mash? What is what kind of uh, moonshine yeah, do you corn. make? It's what corn. It, it's corn. It's corn. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, what do we have here? It's not sugarcane. It's corn. So it's a great moonshine. I've searched high and low for the right distillery, and the right distillery had to be one that would that would uh, change their recipe to fit my idea of what things should taste like. Yes. So when I have apple pie, it's apple pie, but it tastes a little more like an apple fritter. You know, really? apple fritter's got all those wonderful little crispy burnt parts. So. That and when we've got uh, we got blackberry, there's going to be a little bit of uh, a little hint of Louisiana in there with maybe a little muscadine. And, you know, I okay. want to make it. I want to make it so that um, when people taste my moonshine, which is called Revenueers Reserve, by the way, Revenueers Reserve. Yeah, that means. And I don't know if you've seen the commercials yet. I'll send them to you. But the Please. commercials are great because the Revenueers are hot on my tail, hot on my trail. They're trying to find the still. They find it. They get the baseball bat. They're about ready to bust it. And the, uh, the revenuer takes a little taste and says, forget the bats, boys. Bring me my jug. <laughs> so he, I, I love it. So the, the, the story is it's just it's too good for even the, the most strict revenuer to bust up, so he takes it home. Well, hold on. I think so I got the commercial. Good. Hold on. I got the commercial. Here it is. Hold on. Stop right here, Well, it doesn't transfer very well to uh, radio, but I'm looking at it. it is a sharp look, dude. It is a sharp looking commercial. We got this old, uh, this old kind of, uh, 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 I guess it's kind of harkens back to the days of prohibition, and you're going out to a still and all that. And yeah, I, yeah and it's, uh, but when I get in a car, I get in my hand on it and uh, and poker run, and soon to be uh, uh, double or nothing. And that's my 2016 Hellcat T-Top Challenger. So it's, uh, it's fun. So you're not really sure what era this is happening in. But the moonshine's available now. And, Rob, it was so great. We did our, uh, we did our, our uh, premiere, I guess, our launch party the other night. We had 10,000 bottles, right? 10,000 bottles sold out. The launch party was Tuesday. The 10,000 bottles sold out by Wednesday. They were what? gone. What? And, Holy uh, yeah. cow. So we sold out. We sold out. People are, uh, you know, they're, they're clamoring for something new. And this is kind of cool because this is new, but it's that people have been thinking about me and running moonshine through the backwoods for 45 <laughs> years. Yes, so it's yes. kind of a new, a new old thing. Uh, I'm a new old thing. There you go. But uh, you can check it out. You can see the commercial, folks. Go to revenuersreserve.com. That's it, revenuersreserve.com. I can't sell it at my store, but we have our, uh, you know, because there's all kinds of legalities involved. Uh, but you can buy it right now, revenuersreserve.com. Watch the video; it's in there, or you can just watch the video on my uh, on my Facebook page too. We, so, we, uh, we, live, we live in Kansas City, John, and and Kansas City was a very big uh, bootlegging town. Um, 
in right. the twenties when right. when when, uh, when and and what they do is they they did it underground literally they did it underground because all the caves around here and in Missouri near Springfield there are all these caves that had speakeasies in them and and literally under Parkville which is near here they have an underground distillery it's called Strong Distillery and they make the best damn gin and I normally oh, hate gin great. and it, and but whiskey uh, and shine but shine is the deal right now people are just going well, with it shine absolutely is. And you know what happened with uh, with prohibition way back when? All of a sudden, you know, people made their living by making moonshine. Yes, these were, these were people that basically had a little family business, uh, and they could have been making bread, they could have been making donuts, they could have been making anything. And then all of a sudden, on a Wednesday, the government says, "What you're doing is illegal. You can't do it anymore." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, like, well, wait a minute. We've been doing this for 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 generations. What do you mean we can't do it anymore? It's very interesting because so, you know, uh, government overreach is why we have moonshine in the first place. But absolutely, today, absolutely, it's, it's legal. It's it's completely legal. And I promise you, folks, if you are into moonshine, I am an expert. People All right. have been giving me moonshine for <laughs> decades, and it's always the stuff that was too good to destroy because it's always a police officer that gives it to me. <laughs> I won't name any names. I won't All right. name names, but you want the best shine in town, you go to that contraband locker. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. I, I love it. I think it's great. Now, let me let, I want to I want to I want to pick your brain cuz we we uh, we exchange uh, texts all the time about what's going on in the yeah. news and and all of that stuff. Let's let's okay. turn to what's going on with uh with all of these cases against uh, Donald Trump and and it looks like Maybe we're starting to see the wheels starting to fall off all of these. I said all of these were obviously political because the, they sat on them. Uh, they waited until the election year to do it. What do you what what do your gut tell you, John? Because I, I do trust and, and respect your opinion and your uh, your experience. What, what do you think about uh, these cases and and what's going to happen in this election year? Well, it's going to it's going to be, in my my opinion, it's going to be like what's happening with the whole Hunter Biden, Joe Biden thing now. You know, once once the fake news starts to say, okay, we even have to pay attention to this uh, because we're you know we're losing viewership by by the millions. Um, once that starts to happen, then they're going to it's going to at the same time undermine the credibility of all this nonsense where they're going after Trump. You know, because no longer is that a smokescreen, so they won't go after Hunter. See what I'm saying? And the, the notion that Hunter, have you ever heard him talk? <laughs> yes. The, the, notion that, the notion that Joe Biden is part of some master plan that Hunter Biden has is so ludicrous. Yeah. So what we are going to find out without, without question in the next month or so, we're going to find out that it's actually the other way around. Yeah. It's, it's Hunter Biden who is peripherally involved in Joe Biden shenanigans. And once that news is out, once that is uh, um, solidified, then that whole house of cards comes down. Exactly. Exactly. And then yeah. There's no. There's no point in uh, in pursuing this nonsense with Trump because they know he's going to run for president. They know if he runs for president, he will win. Uh, again, I mean, who's who's a challenger? Gavin Newsom? Give me a break. Exactly. And I don't even know how that happens, to be quite honest. Are you going to jump over yeah. uh, Kamala Harris? You know, you're going to jump over. Who finds you. He finds his own people for, you know, drinking too much water or watering their lawn while he's while he's dumping water into the ocean. <laughs> yes. You know, this, no. is a, this is a bad person. So I think once once all of they're all attached, you know, if if it at all worked, 
then Trump would go down and Hunter would be fine and nobody would be looking at Joe. But guess what, Biden family? It's not working. It yeah. is falling apart. Yeah. And you can't tell me that when Hunter gets under those under those lights in an interrogation room of any kind, he is going to roll over so quick and tell everybody exactly what was going on because he doesn't want to go to jail for the rest of his life. And yeah. he could. You know, he could. Uh, let me ask so you about this, John. He's going to be going, Daddy, Daddy. You know, it's, it's going to be an embarrassment, uh, it, it, as if it's possible for Joe Biden to be any more embarrassing than he already is. But I think he's about to be. Well, you know the movie Green Mile, and you know Percy. I, I always call I always call uh, Hunter Biden Percy Biden. So what the uh, d- what uh, Jim <laughs> got, Jim Comer is going to do is they're going to put uh, Percy Biden into that old holding cell and, and hose him now with a fire hose. That's what they're going to do, <laughs> just like they did in Green Mile. Let me ask you this, right. John. Yeah. Can you can you believe all this anti-Semitism on campus? I mean, uh, people were saying that uh, this was just a reaction to uh, to uh, you know October seventh, uh, the lie hospital bombing i say this was all locked and loaded and ready to go just like the summer of 2020 but uh now we know that anti-semitism is is has been promoted on america's most elite campuses what do you think about those presidents who testified last week and, and what's going on in this country i don't think the american people are anti i know we're not it's just the people in halls of academia and the left there's a couple of loud yeah people who are loud and and uh making this mess that it it has to have been hiding but I really, I don't, I can't believe there are that many people. However, I've seen the video. I've seen the, I've seen people gathering in Times Square. I've seen them gathering at Harvard, and it's, it's awful. Um, I do applaud the one, the one dean who resigned because that's what she should have done. But these other two that are being backed by their, their uh, halls of higher learning, it's, it, it's an incredible embarrassment. Uh, and it, what Alicia would say, if Alicia were here, she would say. Don't look at that. That's where they want you to look. There's something else going on somewhere else. Yes. Yeah, I so agree completely. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure what the, uh, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain is with regard to that. I do not believe that we are really that kind of people um, because it seemed to have happened so fast. All of a sudden, being anti-Semitic became the hula hoop of 2023. <laughs> you know, and 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 yes. I don't right. And the hula hoop, the pet rock. Well, it became, it became, yeah, yeah, it became the pet of twenty twenty three. But you know, sadly, sadly, it is real. It is there. It has got to be dealt with. These these schools of supposed higher learning have got to put their foot down and say, no, no, no. This is not protected free speech. This is absolutely hate speech. This is calling for the genocide of a measurable demographic, uh, not only a measurable demographic uh, numerically, but this is coming after a very specific religious group. You cannot do that. I don't care who you are. That is not protected speech. This is, this, the, the, the hammer needs to come down on these folks. I'm delighted to see that they, they have lost billions of dollars in funding. And guess what? That's not coming back. Yeah. You can't say... You know, I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you who used to give a million or five million dollars a year to my school. You know, I was I, I'd had too much moonshine and I made a mistake. Would you please send me another check? <laughs> Guess what? You you've lost that check for at least two generations. Yeah, exactly. John, can so you hold on for another break? Is that can root. you can you hold on for another break, John? Is that possible? Sure, it is absolutely. Uh- 
Let, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to reset here. Back with uh, John Schneider on the Rob Carson Show. Back in a sec. I just had a uh, an idea. I know it doesn't happen very often. John Schneider is on the Newsmax Hotline. John, I came up with an idea, man. You said this moonshine. You created 10, uh, 10 how many thousand models of the uh, the the uh, 10, revenues? Ten thousand, and they are they were gone. We have we have uh, we fired up the still again. Got it. So we are back in stock, but it was like. <laughs> The distiller was like, what, what, what? wait, what? 10,000 bottles of... What do you mean gone? Revenue, what do you think I mean gone? They're gone. It's and, revenuers uh, reserve. Know. It's revenuers reserve. Here's my idea. You ready for this? I, su- I suggest that you get the first case of revenuers reserve that comes out again here, and you auction it off for charity, and you deliver it in the back of a 69 Charger General <laughs> Lee. Dude, do you know how big that would be? If you arrived if you arrived at the uh, winning I, bid... I, I use a different car intentionally. You got the, you got the Hellcat. Want, I don't want Warner Brothers coming after me. Yes. And, oh, that's our, that's our moonshine. <laughs> All right, you do it you in know, the... I tried the, to the, buy Dukes of Hazard right. from them for, for like five years. I make an offer to them every year. They won't uh, sell it. They won't show it. It's, wow. it, it blows my mind. All right, but if you deliver it in that Hellcat, you sell I'll that to charity, dude. I will do that, <laughs> dude. That would be. I swear to God, we could find it. You know, a charity that you support, maybe that that your lovely wife supported, and you auction off a case. The next case that comes out, and you deliver it in the Hellcat. Oh my God, I that would be fantastic. Idea. That would. Be, hey, John. That's a great um, idea. But my luck, it'd be somebody in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> he would have to keep it in the continental United States. Would have to keep it. Hell, John, if, if we need to drive, I'll drive in the car with you, bro. Uh, you don't okay. want me behind the wheel. You can do your show, you can do your show from the uh, from the car. It's you don't. A, you know, don't want to give loud. me the. You don't want to give me the red key. You don't want to give me the red key. No, here's no, the no, black no, key. No, 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 no. So, John, well, I wanna... I, what are you thinking about? What do you think is going to happen with the uh, with uh, in November 2024? What do you think we're going to do? What's going to happen? Well, uh, I don't know what's going to happen before then. It's going to be, uh, it's going to get insane, and we got to be prepared for it because the Democrat Party has set us up with the border and uh, and selling our influence and uh, spy balloons and all that crap, right? Uh, Joe Biden, oh, yeah, will yeah. Be, Joe Biden's never going to make it. He's not going to be the candidate. He's going to be done by hook or by crook, uh, either his mental infirmity or or uh, removed by um, by impeachment. It's going to get really big and really ugly. Uh, there are going to be attempts yeah. on Donald Trump's life. We've got to be very concerned about that and the protecting of Donald Trump. And uh, and Donald Trump will be the president. And when that happens, uh, retribution has to happen. People are going to have to go to jail for what they've done to the yeah, American absolutely. people, to the southern border, to our speech and to all of that that's what i think is going to happen that's what but john we got to run now we got to run okay we we got to run you got this book uh in the driver's seat love loss and living uh with no regrets that's your new book you got jingle smells which is this uh, comedy (laughs) just in time for christmas and revenuers reserve premium moonshine brother i just want my new music my new album my new album we're still us Anything else? Is there anything? You got some new, like you're selling DNA tests or anything? Are you selling windshield wash? I don't know. Well, what I you... did order some golf balls, but, uh, but that's not. <laughs> All right, so, brother. Yeah, well, like I said at the beginning of this, you got it. You have to make a choice. Are you going to you're going to bury your head in the sand? Or are you going to go out there and, and make your loved ones proud? I prefer. Amen. 
I believe God is up to something that we are all part of, and we need to get off our butts and go out there and do something for God, for country, for our children, for our children's children. We have got to participate in this. We cannot just sit by and watch our country go to hell. 100%. John, uh, we got we to gotta run. Hey, happy, Merry Christmas, my friend. All right, brother. God bless you. I'm thinking about you, and we'll talk again soon. There you go. So, uh, John Schneider, uh, you know, we, I really need, you know what? We're, we're going to be working on this, hopefully, doing a, uh, an entire, like, one or two-hour podcast once a week with guests so we can just talk. I think we might do that. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, last hour of the show, I'm going to defend Ron DeSantis. Because uh, Gavin Newsom, well, I can't say what I think of him on the radio because I'll get in trouble. Also, the mayor of Boston doubles down on her racist Christmas party. And the Supreme Court case about January the 6th, we have an expert to talk about it running for AG in Missouri. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. If you want to hear the podcast of the show, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. You can hear the interview I did with John Schneider of Dukes of Hazard and Smallville, among other things. He's got a new moonshine that's out. <laughs> Revenuers reserve, and he said they they did ten thousand models and they were gone like that. Boom, boom, boom. So uh, I can appreciate the distillate, even though I don't drink it anymore. I don't partake in it anymore. <laughs> so uh, again, Newsmax.com slash list. Oh, oh, tomorrow uh, uh, on Newsmax at two o'clock Eastern, uh, Donald Trump's got a rally going on. He's going to be speaking in uh, New Hampshire. Save America speech in New Hampshire. This is pretty exciting because uh, you know a lot of a lot of bleep has hit the fan, and uh, you got some big things happening. The Supreme Court's going to hear a lawsuit involving. Uh, uh, the DOJ uh, using uh, this this interrupted official proceeding to uh, send hundreds of people to jail, and uh, they're trying to go after Donald Trump. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to. Uh uh, someone at the bottom of the hour about that, but I'm sure Donald Trump will be talking about it tomorrow. Again, it's on Newsmax, and uh, a guy who was running in uh, in uh, Missouri for the uh, AG position used to be uh, occupied by Eric Schmidt, who brought this terrific lawsuit against the Biden administration about free speech. Uh, his name's Will Sharp. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour to clear things up because uh, it gets a little. I get a little fuzzy sometimes, you know, because I have the attention span of a fruit fly. And uh, he's going to break it down for us uh, at the bottom of the hour. And again, uh, Newsmax tomorrow. Uh, and if you want to become a Newsmax Plus member, just go to Newsmax PLUS for a free trial. Newsmax Plus. But uh, Trump will be on tomorrow. Uh, Mitch McConnell, I guess they're talking about coming back into session next week. Senate coming back into session next week because they want to they wanna pass border border security for Ukrainian funding. Yeah, it's really about Ukrainian funding. But... I'll have a blue. This is Jim Gossett. Christmas. Dejected. As Mitch McConnell. Because more money for <laughs> Ukraine was rejected. They have pocketed millions not spent. On the war, but 
so stupid I wanna give them more Zelensky paid For his reckless spending Doom, 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 doom Because for now Our aid is ending And it's gonna kick back in next week If they pass the border security Not one dime he got Poor guy can't even buy another yacht. (laughs) And that's why I'll have a blue, 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 blue Christmas. Blue, 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 blue. Elaine, could you hand me the Kleenex, please? So that is uh, next week. They're going to bring it back, and they're going to uh, make border security part of the Ukrainian aid package and the Israeli aid package, and we'll see, uh, see how that works out. We will see that. Oh, by the way, the Michigan Court of Appeals said Thursday it will not stop Donald Trump from appearing on the state's 2024 Republican Party ballot, turning aside challenges from critics who argue about his role in the 2021 attack and U.S. Capitol disqualifies him. That's why they did the, I call it the Reichstag. It's meant to, uh, you know, to keep Donald Trump from running again. It was meant to, uh, you know, do a number of things on uh, January the 6th. So, uh uh, the clause that they're using against him in the 14th Amendment has been used only a handful of times since the years after the Civil War. And so far, it's not working in state courts. It's kind of like the uh, law about um, uh, uh, interrupting an official proceeding. It's never been used for anything until January the 6th, so there's that. Um, likely voters in Michigan. Trump leads by 50 points over the GOP opponents. This is according to CNN SSRS. Poll from a Monday showing a theoretical uh, general election matchup. Trump in the Great Lakes state as well as uh, Trump earned 50 percent, Biden 40 percent. So not only is uh, Trump beating all the other uh, GOP contenders by 50 points, he's beating, uh, he's beating Joe Biden by 10. 10 points. Unbelievable. Which means he's really leading by 20, which would be uh, incredible. Uh, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, tied for second place, 13%. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, oddly enough, I mean, way, 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 way back, it's not a big surprise, but uh, uh, 5% of respondents like Chris Christie. And oddly enough, I, I thought that Vivek Ramaswamy, after all the things he's been doing, he would be growing in the polls, but no, he's at 3%. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I hear from people that's like, he got money from George Soros. And I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I mean, I like the guy's policies. I, I just, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't know what it is. It's just, that's the way it is. I, nothing against the guy. I got to meet him when I was in New Hampshire. I like him. I like him. He's forward-thinking, smart, savvy, sharp as a whip in the whole deal. And it just, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and you guys know. You're, you're the ones who are doing the polling. I, I haven't been called about a poll. So, you know, help me answer this. Uh, Ron DeSantis is, um, or I should say, Gavin Newsom is shifting blame on Republican critics for amplifying the homeless crisis plaguing San Francisco and saying they have to focus on our failures for them to be right. Gavin Newsom, when he was the the mayor of San Francisco in 2008, he said he was going to wipe out homelessness, and they spent billions of dollars on it. And San Francisco is a crap hole right now. Uh, He was on with Seth Meyers, uh, defensive about the crime-ridden San Francisco and insisted that the problems plaguing the struggling city exaggerated by Republicans. You know, um, 
this is uh, this is what they do in third world countries. They get a uh, a dictator who's uh, slick. Uh, an authoritarian, and they put them in charge. And when uh, when uh, dictators come to visit places like Cuba, they clean up the areas, they shove the homeless out of the way, they they sweep up the streets, they paint a facade. I've never been to Havana, Cuba, but where they have the tourism, it looks really good. And then you just on the other side, it's like a movie set. It's like one of those old western sets where you see the storefront there, you see the the saloon, more than a facade with two by fours behind it. And that's what, uh, that's what San Francisco was for the visit by Xi Jinping that, uh, that Gavin Newsom, when he invited. That's what dictators do. That's what communists do. They make, uh, they make a good show for their leaders, and then uh, the people suffer. They just sweep it all aside. That's what they do. But this is, uh, this is Seth Meyers, and I think, or Seth Meyers, this is Gavin DeSantis on Seth Meyers' show, which is nobody watches. Seth Meyers is uh, honestly, wow, not even funny. Just not even a funny guy. On on the weekend update, he wasn't funny. He's just a snarky libtard. Anyway, uh, this is Gavin Newsom going after Ron DeSantis, and this is insipid. All right, uh, I got no problem with Ron DeSantis. Let me just tell you now, I don't got a problem with Ron DeSantis. I think he's doing a great job as the governor of Florida. I think he could even be the template for governors around the here yeah, and Christy Nome and. Uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, they are the templates for governorship. They're, they're leading the way. Uh, you know, it's just there's something else happening with this election. In case you didn't know, one of the contenders has been hounded by the deep state, big social media, and being targeted by all of them with two surreptitious and fake impeachments, a raid of a presidential mansion after he left office, first time in history, four indictments, I believe, coming out of the White House, four indictments coming down during a, an election year. This is a completely different year because one candidate is experiencing that, and all of that negative made him into a movement, and now has made him into a folk hero. So that's, the, that's what's going on. That's why I say what I say. It's not because I, you know, kissing Donald Trump's butt. I'm just recognizing the extraordinary uniqueness of this election. But I'm going to defend Ron DeSantis. When you start calling people racist and you start lying about crap like this weasel is doing, I got no stomach for it. Listen to this jerk with his with his friendly audience, this his uh, fluffed audience, probably maybe a dozen people in Seth Meyers' uh, audience. I've been to some of these late night tapings. Uh, here is uh, Gavin Newsom, and I, I will not and cannot defend this nonsense. Have higher expectations for where DeSantis would be in the polls? No, I, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I, I've and and I'm dead serious about this. I, I've I've developed a lot of animus towards him. Because of his animus towards all of you. Um, okay, so he's looking at the audience. He's saying all of you, meaning all of you liberals, all of you whatever. Yeah. You know, this guy's out there scapegoating vulnerable communities. Scapegoating vulnerable communities. How? By saying you can't put uh, uh, books in schools that have uh, porn in them, like Lawn Boy. Really? Uh, he's attacking uh, minorities. Attacking no, he's not. Not one little bit. This is calling Ron DeSantis a racist. Women. And He's not attacking women. He's married to one, for God's sake. I don't like it. And, uh, and by the way, attacking women. That means uh, uh, putting some reasonable restrictions on, uh, on abortion. All right? I wanted to push back against it, and I felt like the party was a little timid 
on all this. I mean, you know, he's out there talking about anti-woke. And I mean this. It's, for me, it's not anti-woke. What he really means is anti-black. Oh, dear God. I'm just done. And, and it's falling on deaf ears because everybody knows it's crap. And the Democrat Party has screwed black people for 160 years. Uh, he was out there, you know, he eliminated AP African-American studies. He said slavery was somehow some workforce development program. That's a lie. It's just a lie. It's just stupid. And by the way, if you say that the slaves did not innovate during their time of bondage and, and were able to do more in their time of bondage, then that's racist. That's racist. I know there are countless things that the slaves, despite everything they've gone through, have gifted upon you and me. You're racist, sir, not Ron DeSantis. And he doubled down on that? So for me, it's a very serious moment where I just felt it was important to blow back against that, against that. Oh, you do blow. Yeah, you uh, do. And hold these guys accountable Definitely on a network do. where they don't hear from guys like me. Oh, yeah, on, on a network that they don't hear. Well, they, all they hear is the nonsense that you spew. Oh, and then there's this. Uh, let me just tell you how bad things have gotten in California. Former Giants megastar Buster Posey claims that current baseball star Shohei Otani, that guy they're going to pay $700 million for, so your beer costs you $15, declined a contract with the team, chose the Dodgers due to San Francisco's poor reputation as a city. This is that player talking about players who come to play in San Francisco and don't feel safe. Yeah, I've heard the same thing from agents and from players. Uh, when they talk about you, ask them about, hey, what do you think about uh, you know this team? What do you think about that team? And when you have the off-the-record conversation with agents and with players, that comes up as being a factor. There's no doubt about it. So, I mean, a decade ago, the Giants were a destination, right? yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, a team for a lot of free agents because the perception was great culture, great city, great ballpark. You know, it passing the fan base. Uh, you know, terrific group of players. They're the greatest free decor. And you know, I, you know what's gone on here over the last decade probably is fed into that where uh, players, agents are looking for negatives. Yeah, this uh, Otani guy said uh, that he had a comfort level uh, with Southern California, and that was going to be a difficult thing to live in uh, in San Francisco. So he passed on it. Uh, Posey, this guy you just heard of Buster Posey, said that other free agents have expressed similar concerns. San Francisco Supervisor Matt Dorsey represents the district where the Giants play and said he has heard similar complaints from business within the city. Because, you know, uh, it's under the control of Democrats. Uh, London Breed, who uh, who is uh, resumed the, uh, the uh, throne of crap left behind by Gavin Newsom. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Another uh, video of EVs on Instagram. This time I went up to the Hummer dealership where there are four white Hummers that have been sitting there for a year and a half because they can't sell them. <laughs> and I'm not attacking EVs for attacking EVs. I'm just saying that if, if those Hummers were about $50,000 cheaper and hybrids, I'd consider one. But an EV that has a battery that weighs as much as a Corolla is worthless. So there you go. I want to mention something. U.S. drug makers are hitting a, a record high, and uh, lawmakers warn that uh, many, many uh, medications are in short supply, including the antibiotic amoxicillin. 
One of the factors is the uh, the problem uh, of U.S. reliance on key materials from China and India to make up medicines used in emergency care. CDC says there were 54 million prescriptions for amoxicillin in 2019, uh, and that has not gone down. And that's one of the medicines that you can get in the emergency medical kit from the wellness company. I got it right. I had to lean over and grab it here. My wellness company medical kit is here. It's got Z-Pak in there, which I used when there was an avian flu when my kids were little. You couldn't find it then. I remember that. You remember what happened during COVID with uh, hydroxychloroquine? And uh, you can get that in here as well. I mean, if you have jumper cables in your car, you need an emergency medical kit. We we are at that point in our country. You need an emergency medical kit. And I'm not talking about Band-Aids. I'm not talking about gauze. I'm talking about the meds that could be in very short supply, and one of them, amoxicillin, just happens to be. You want to get ahead of this. You know that 2024 is going to get insane. I'm telling you, you need to, you need to get in touch today, and you need to get this done, get it out of the way, all right? So all you got to do is go to twc.health slash Carson. Now, you put the Carson on there because it's going to save you 10%. TWC dot health slash Carson, Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the most censored doctors in world history, came up with this idea, and they are selling them like mad. Do not get caught in a supply chain crisis. Do not get caught when your pharmacy shuts down because it's been shoplifted into oblivion. TWC dot health slash Carson. Do that today, will you? TWC dot health slash Carson. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about transgenderism, shall we? I think we should. This is Jim Gossett. Who's kissing Santa Claus? Well, it looks like could be mommy. Or daddy, we're not really sure. I saw daddy dressed like Mrs. Claus. Changed his pronouns to us, they and them. What, what is it this week, dad? He painted pink his toes. Put earrings in his lobe. And his nose. When mommy tried to disagree, he called her a transphobe. I saw mommy kissing Mrs. Claus. Hello. Santa changed his gender since last year. Oh, never mind. A sex change was his goal. It's taken quite a toll. Why he even cut off his North Pole. And his rumbles. What? When? Mom told him you're not Mrs. Claus. My mom used to make those. Thought that he or she or it would scream. <laughs> he raised his manly voice. Hello. Said Lane Bryan is my choice. And yelled, woman, don't you dad name me. Dum, 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 dum. Uh, now, uh, a non-binary gender queer person. I don't even know where to go with that. Sues her employee, his, his employer after uh, and union after being denied transgender top surgery. Transgender top surgery. So a, a transgender man who identifies as a non-binary and gender queer file a federal lawsuit against his employer and union after they determined top surgery was merely cosmetic. Here is uh, this person talking about being uh, denied this, uh, what they say, uh, life-saving treatment. A man who's transgender is filing a lawsuit after being denied gender-affirming medical care by his employer, Union Health Plan. Did anybody know what kind of genitalia this person has now? Morgan Macy no is clue. Tenzing Wine and Spirits, LLC, Breakthrough Beverage, Illinois, LLC, yeah. liquor and wine sales representatives, and various unions that represent employees of those companies. He alleges the denial violates federal and state law prohibiting discrimination on the basis of gender identity and disability. Access to gender-affirming health care is life-saving 
It's why I stand here before you today. It saved my life. But the defendants in this lawsuit discriminated against me by denying me access to this deeply necessary health care. Okay, so this is a voluntary surgery. Uh, it is voluntary. Uh, this involves removing the healthy breast, breast tissue of a woman, all right? Uh, and also, life-saving. Um, when your procedure is life-saving because you've demanded that you get it or you'll kill yourself, uh, that's mental illness, all right? Uh, transgender surgery as life-saving. The only reason they say that is because if you don't do this, I'm going to kill myself. That's what it means. All right. I'm just I'm being honest here. Coming up, we're going to talk about these Supreme Court cases about uh, January the 6th. And Donald Trump, by the way, could uh, cause Jack Smith a whole lot of problems on the other side of this break. And this, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Uh, what DOJ has done here is taken that that statute, that statutory provision, and attempted to apply it uh, to the January 6th protesters and to President Trump himself on the theory that uh, their objective was obstructing the electoral count process and that that falls within the catchment of this law. Uh, in front of the D.C. Circuit, a, an outstanding conservative judge named uh, Judge Katsas uh, wrote a scathing dissent saying that this just made no legal sense at all, that there was no basis to be charging uh, all of these people under this statute. And it affects, as you said, uh, hundreds and hundreds of January 6th defendants, uh, in addition to President Trump himself. Now, uh, that is uh, uh, candidate for AG in the state of Missouri, former assistant U.S. attorney Will Scharf, who just happens to be on the Newsmax hotline, talking about two cases, or at least one case, going before the Supreme Court with regard to a uh, uh, DOJ fifteen twelve. Now, I get a little cloudy on this, right? When I, you know, when it comes to legalese and all this, and I heard Will Scharf talking about this in a couple places, and you'll hear it about it now here, uh, with what exactly is going on and how this is going to affect cases uh, of the January the Sixers and also uh, President Trump. Will Scharf. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. No, thanks so much for having me, Rob. Big fan. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. I lived in Missouri for 10 years, went to Northwest Missouri State, very familiar with Jeff City politics, lived in Columbia, lived in Jeff's, or lived in Springfield. So I'm, I'm very well. I also know that you are, you are uh, running for uh, AG there, and uh, Eric Schmidt did a bang-up job as AG. Now he's a great senator. So, uh, you know, I imagine earthquakes are going to come out of Missouri when you, uh, when you are elected. Uh, let's talk about um, this case before the Supreme Court with regard to J6 defense. Uh, tell us about DOJ 1512, what exactly that is, without being real technical about it. Sure. So the case uh, that the Supreme Court just agreed to hear is called Fisher v. United States. And it involves, as you said, this provision. Uh, it's 18 United States Code 1512 C2. What basically happened here is the Department of Justice was looking for a way to charge otherwise peaceful January 6th protesters uh, with a felony offense. So they found this statute that was passed as part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. That was a financial regulatory act. They found this statute that they believe they can sort of mangle into applying to what happened on January 6th. This is a statute that's designed to cover 
things like document destruction before a congressional hearing, uh, obstructing a, a congressional proceeding or obstructing a governmental proceeding in that way. It's not designed at all for what, what actually happened here. So the Supreme Court agreed to hear this case. If the Supreme Court actually ends up ruling that 1512C2, this provision, uh, was used incorrectly here, that could invalidate hundreds of convictions. It could affect hundreds of January 6th cases. And it also directly impacts President Trump's case because two of the charges he faces in Washington, D.C. now uh, fall under the same statute, 1512C2. So this is one to watch. We should have a Supreme Court opinion, I'd say, at the latest by June. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big one. This is really big, and uh, and uh, you know also Donald Trump has a case. Uh, Jack Smith is bringing. Um, uh, he wants it expedited. Uh, this uh, uh, presidential immunity, uh, which is uh, something different. Um, do do those? If if Donald Trump won in in that case, if if they upheld the presidential immunity and this Jan sixth uh, use of fifteen twelve were were overturned. What would that do for the four political indictments against Donald Trump in an election year, do you suppose? So I think, as you know, I'm, I'm one of President Trump's lawyers now. Uh, as you said, we took this presidential immunity issue in D.C. Uh, up to the D.C. Circuit. That's now in front of the Court of Appeals. Presidential immunity, we believe, uh, as applied to this case, means that President Trump cannot be prosecuted the way Jack Smith is prosecuting him in Washington, D.C., that he has absolute immunity for acts he took that fell within even the outer perimeter of his official responsibilities as president, and therefore he cannot be prosecuted for things like attempting to secure the integrity of the election uh, in 2020. Um, presidential immunity is a kill shot. If we win on that issue, that case in D.C. is over. Uh, even if we lose on that issue, though, uh, if the Supreme Court were to throw out these 1512 prosecutions, half of the indictment in D.C. would fall away as a result of that. Uh, and at the very least, I think that it's looking increasingly unlikely that that case will, will come to trial before the November 2024 election. President Trump has said that he thinks the whole purpose of these prosecutions is political interference. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, but at the very least, the, the plan to railroad him uh, to force him to go to trial in early March, you know, a day before Super Tuesday. Uh, for now, at least, we seem to have that on the ropes, and uh, and the timeline is moving, and I think the, the case itself is moving in our direction. Will Sharf, it's very clear to me, and I know you have to uh, be careful with your language when you're discussing these cases, but it's very clear to me that the DOJ sat on these four cases until an election year and whipped them out, kind of like they did with um, Bob Menendez, the uh, the discovery, uh, you know, with uh, all the gold bars and, and cash in his. They sat on it for, what, 15 months before they brought it. Uh, it to me, it says it's very clear that the reason why there are four cases, and particularly the, the placement before Super Tuesday, I mean, come on. Well, of course it's yeah. political. <laughs> of course you it's know, political. President Trump said it best the other day. You know, they sat on these cases for years, and then suddenly, right after he declared for president, it's prosecution after prosecution after prosecution. In this January 6th case, which is uh, the, 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 the current federal case in D.C., this is a case involving millions of pages of discovery, potentially hundreds of witnesses. And Jack Smith's team were plausibly arguing, or what we're trying to argue 
that this case could be brought to trial in four or five months. I mean, I've had simple, uh, you know, armed robbery or carjacking charges when I was a, a federal prosecutor that took, you know, a year, a year and a half, two years to bring to trial. So the timeline here, in my view, is political. Uh, President Trump, Trump is absolutely correct on that. Uh, but fortunately, you know, we have a court system. We have a rule of law in this country. As long as we are litigating this presidential immunity issue, uh, that. Oh, are you there? Uh, Will, are you, there? You, you cracked up. Can you start that again? I'm sorry. Sure. So as long as we're litigating this presidential immunity issue, uh, that D.C. trial has stayed. All proceedings in Washington, D.C. and district court are stayed. Uh, we're, we're appealing that issue to the D.C. Circuit now. Uh, if we're not successful in the D.C. Circuit, we'll, we'll probably take, try to take that up to the Supreme Court. Um, the, the timeline that they want, which is President Trump sitting in trial instead of campaigning, uh, I don't think that's the timeline that, that Jack Smith and his team are going to end up getting here. Well, I mean, you're talking about millions of pages of documents. Uh, I can't even imagine thousands of pages of documents. And how much time it would take to digest any of that and what kind of staffing it would require. And Will Schaff, I want to ask you, or Schaff, I should, sorry. Um, but, but, but this thing about a speedy trial, a speedy trial... Uh, is something that is uh, demanded by the defendant, not the prosecution. So they're forcing a speedy trial, which is the opposite of why a speedy trial is part is guaranteed under our system of law. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right, that normally you think about that right as being something that a defendant invokes. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I... I okay, we're having a little bit of trouble with your uh, with your phone again there, Will. Are you are you out driving in the Ozark somewhere? Are you there, buddy? I'm sitting at home in St. Louis. I'm I'm a little uh, little surprised by that. I apologize. I don't know. I I'm not sure exactly what the problem is. Um, can you give me another test here, real quick? Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, I love me some St. Louis. I just wish that St. Louis leadership would pull its head out of its rear end because I uh, I really miss going to see Cardinals games, and uh, and and living there. I've done a lot of time on KMOX, so I I'm very familiar with the city. And I love me some uh, deep fried ravioli. By the way, I've been preaching <laughs> the gospel of deep fried ravioli for a very long time. Um, I got a, yeah. a soundbite. I want you to hear from Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax last night about um, this January the sixth trial. If you don't mind, I'm play that real quick. I, I believe you'll be able to hear it. Okay. The indictments of many of the people went too far by charging obstruction of justice. Uh, it doesn't uh, apply to everybody, but I think it probably does apply to President uh, uh, Trump. He too, as a citizen, had the right to um, petition his government for what he believed was a redress of grievances. He was wrong, in my view. But that doesn't affect his legal claim of acting under the First Amendment. So I think the Supreme Court may very well render a ruling that helps former President Trump, helps my client, and helps many others who were swept up in this. It's very important that everybody be treated as individuals. If you did something, if you went in there and you destroyed property deliberately, that's one thing. But if you simply objected to the way in which the votes were counted. That's a complete defense under the Constitution. There it is. And he says that you, you should have every right to say, you know, I don't agree with the, uh, the, the elections of the result, and I'd like us to analyze them and look at them. But the DOJ, rather than doing that, chose this 
interrupting a judicial proceeding thing and decided to to use it as a cudgel to uh, to arrest people. What do you think about what uh, Alan Dershowitz had to say there? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. This is another example of the Department of Justice seeking to weaponize basically obscure federal statutes uh, to, to, to quash political dissent. I mean, I think that's what this really comes down to. It's worth noting that this isn't the first time uh, that Jack Smith has used uh, a wildly aggressive interpretation of a federal statute. He prosecuted former Republican uh, Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell. Uh, he used a wildly over-aggressive interpretation of federal bribery and, I believe, honest services fraud uh, to get a, a, a conviction in that case. And the Supreme Court ended up throwing it out 8-0 uh, to zero, unanimously on the grounds that he had just pushed that statute way too far. I think the same is true with the use of 1512, uh, this statute in President Trump's case. And I think Professor Dershowitz is right that the statute just doesn't apply to the conduct of so many of these January Sixers. Now, I have never seen this kind of weaponization of the uh, the justice system in my entire life. I barely remember anything about Watergate because I was a little kid. Um, but but what do you hope happens uh, in the next couple of years with regard to the DOJ, the FBI? Because right now we are seeing uh, unprecedented malfeasance by both to go after political enemies, to go after speech. What would you like to see, Will Sharf, uh, happen to uh, those? entities in the next few years to reform them? You know, if this politicization of the Department of Justice, if this politicization of law enforcement isn't checked, we're not going to have a country left in a few years. It is so dangerous. It is so uh, un-American. This is something that should concern all Americans of all political stripes. It's just wrong and it has to end. I believe that, you know, come January 2025, President Trump will be back in the White House. I hope he appoints a, you know, a great new director of the FBI, a great new uh, attorney general, and that we start clearing house in these departments because politics and prosecution uh, should never intersect. It's just it's the, the government just has so much power that if you start wielding it for pure political purposes the way that I think the Biden administration has, uh, it's, it's end of republic type stuff. And I, I hope that all of this has been a, a wake up call for Americans. I think overwhelming numbers of Americans, based on the polls, believe that the prosecution of, of President Trump is political, uh, and I think th there's a good reason for that. I do, too, and uh, I know that there are a lot of people in those agencies who are eager to get some honest leadership there so they can pursue uh, their jobs, which is to defend the Constitution and support the laws and not go after people politically. I believe that in my heart. There are good people in those agencies, and they're screaming out. They're just afraid they're going to lose their jobs. They're going to get, they're gonna get uh, you know, fired. They're going to get uh, investigated and all of that. I just have a feeling. One other question. Will Sharf, who is running for AG in the state of Missouri, yes or no on Emo's pizza do you like the provel cheese or not uh i love emos i'm not sure if it's pizza you know it's uh it's its, <laughs> its own category of things it's delicious especially late at night um there's yes. some great pizza places in st louis though and yes. uh, and, and we've got a great food scene here so oh, yes Yes, exactly. Well, Emo's, in case you didn't know, is like eating a cracker with uh, sticky cheese on it, but it's freaking delicious. It's I just love it. I love it. Will Sharf, uh, where can people go if they want to uh, support you as a candidate for um, AG in the state of Missouri, sir? And where, where can they find you on social media? 
Yeah, we're on all all social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Truth Social, at Will Sharp, uh, W-I-L-L-S-C-H-A-R-F, and our website is VoteSharp.com. All right, my friend, I appreciate you taking the time today, and we'd love to have you back on giving us progress reports as these cases proceed, okay? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, God bless, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. We'll catch up again soon. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson, and I'm proud to say Omaha Steaks is a sponsor of my show. I've been getting and sharing Omaha Steaks for years, and now you can too. Just go to omahasteaks.com. You're going to get 50% off site-wide, and when you use promo code CARSON at checkout, you get an additional $30 off. Juicy fillets, incredible burgers, gourmet hot dogs. Go to omahasteaks.com for 50% off site-wide, and use my name, CARSON, as the promo code for an additional $30 off. Minimum order may be required. A dipping bash backlash is happening apparently nationwide. Have you been to a coffee store lately, you know, or or just about anything, uh, you know, particularly coffee, but they give you an iPad and it says tip 10%, 15%, 25%, and, and it's gotten to be a little bit much. Like there's a Chinese place that I go to, a Chinese restaurant, and, and they'll do that it's just to get the takeout. Just literally order the food, go to the counter, it's in a bag, they give it to you. Tip, 15, 20, 25%. And, and, you know, honestly, it's going to be a little much. I don't mind a dollar when I'm buying coffee because, you know what, uh, uh, but there but for the grace of God go I. I have done that. I've done the service sector. I get it. It sucks. You can't make any money. But it's getting to be a little bit much. Average gratuity has dropped 7% since last month because people are just getting kind of tired of it. Three-quarters of Americans say tipping is now expected in more places compared to five years ago. Touchscreens in taxis and coffee shops now suggest gratuities of 20 to 25% at a bridal shop in Connecticut called A Little Something White, whatever that means. You wouldn't be invited to a Christmas party in, in Boston. <clears throat> Brides are encouraged to leave tips and must hit custom amount and enter zero on the screen to decline. Yeah. In one example, a trader was left outraged when an Alaska restaurant presented them with an option tip of 100%. Sha, that ain't going to happen. And by the way, DoorDash and Uber have removed prompts for gratuity in New York since the city decided that Uber drivers needed to make a minimum wage of almost $18 an hour. So there you go. That's what your government does. You uh, the, demanding a, a, a salary of Uber drivers, uh, Uber Eats drivers of $17.96 an hour got rid of your tips, and you probably made more with the tips. But your government wants you to have a nice minimum wage. And you know what the key word in the word minimum wage is? Yeah, the word uh, minimum. Minimum. Yeah, that's what the government gives you. They give you the minimum. Uh, tonight at sundown, day number eight of Hanukkah, ladies and gentlemen. We'll play this again right here. Jim Gossett, shake your menorah. Shake, shake, shake your menorah. Put it up with pride. I did. Tell, tell, tell Hamas. You can't run and hide. And I'm Catholic. Show, show, show all the haters like AOC. We have a lot in common. You, you, you and the squad. 
Love the enemy. It starts at circumcision. My menorah has candles. Hello. More candles than I can handle. Hey. It's displayed on my table to show Hamas we're ready and able. You're out of line, Hamas. You're out of time, Hamas. Bang. Israel's win. You're lost. Boom. You're going to pay a big cost. Pow. You're out of line. Don't believe you. Oh. Hey, Sleepy Joe, don't believe you. Never believed him. Shake, shake, shake your menorah. Shake for the world to see. Hey. Israel, you're supporting. Unlike NBC. Boom. Light, light, light all the candles. Let them shine brightly. Oh. Because soon Hamas will be his story. Did you see that Claudia Gay went to a, uh, a menorah lighting the night before last? I think it was on the sixth night. And she didn't say anything. She just showed up, and she lit it with a tiki torch like Charlottesville. Yeah. That tells you all you need to do about uh, Harvard. Make Harvard Bud Light. Yeah, all of it. Higher higher education in general if they embrace anti-Semitism. You know that expression, we need a little Christmas? This year, we need a little Hanukkah more than ever. More than ever. And and, uh, before we wrap up the show, I just want to say happy Hanukkah to you, those celebrating Hanukkah. We are your friend on this radio program, and we will never stop defending Israel, all right? And Merry Christmas to you Christians, too, because you're under attack as well. Let's take a break and come back, wrap this thing up. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you get a chance to check out my TV show on Newsmax, Rob Carson's What in the World? I promise you, you are going to laugh out loud. This week's episode is off the hook. Newsmaxplus.com, spell out P-O-U-S. God bless you, Israel, America, and have a great weekend. And Monday, uh, until then, don't catch the stupid. See ya. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.